Hey, this is Mike, and this is the Two Brick Watch Snobs podcast. You're listening to episode number 102. This is going to be a slightly different show. Uh, today, I'm actually not joined by Kaz. He uh, wasn't able to make it, but he's uh, he's uh, over celebrating a very special time in his life at a very cool family event. But uh, we wanted to make sure that we got a fun episode out for you. So today we're going to be doing something a little different, and I'm actually joined uh, by my wife today. We know that we have uh, a lot of female listeners, uh, a lot of women out there that are into watches, uh, which I think is a very underserved uh, demographic in the watch industry today. And um, they put up with a lot. Uh, if if you're a, a husband out there, a special guy in a lady's life, and you're uh, obsessed with watches, um, they, they kind of put up with a lot. So uh, I'm going to introduce you now to my wife, uh, Nor. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you feeling? You're excited to do this? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So traditionally what we do uh, right about now is we um, we do a lot of shit talking at this point in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, it's, it can be very filthy. So I don't know if you're going to if you're going to be a potty mouth on this show. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what comes up. Boobs. <laughs> that's that's it. We'll see what happens. So after after the, the banter and the shit talking, what we do is a wrist check. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to say something first, too. Um, I'm I don't want to, like, give a bad name to the women that are out there that really love watches. I don't know much about watches, so I'm not representing them here. I'm representing the women that don't really know anything about watches, but have like watch obsessed husbands. So I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tough place to be. Well, I mean, you can you can be drawn to watches for any kind of reason. You don't have to be drawn to them um, because you're a micro engineer and you're you know all about complications and movements. Um, you can be purely aesthetically driven, mm. which I think you are, um, and. I am, you know, many times. I, I know some stuff about movements, but a lot of times I just don't care. I like the way a watch looks, just like you like the way a watch looks. Um, so I actually want to start with, um, and maybe maybe I should go first for the wrist check. Yeah. Yeah. You feel you feel more comfortable like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today I'm wearing a, a Seiko SKX 007J. And uh, you've seen this one for a bit. I've I've had it for some time, um, and this one's kind of cool because I bug you all the time because it has Arabic as the day. Oh yeah, look that? at that! I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So this is a this is kind of a cool watch. If you're just tuning into the show, if you're just getting into watches, um, and in case you didn't know, honey, the Seiko SKX 007 is one of the. Um, most popular watches to start out with. Uh, you can get this for maybe 160, 180 bucks on Amazon. Um, you know, the build quality is great. It's a dive watch, screw down crown, uh, and the loom is great. It's probably not glowing now, but at nighttime, if I get my hand too close to you, it'll probably wake you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, this one is cool. I'm wearing it on a, um, on a toxic NATO's toxic shiznit from Terry. You met mm-hmm. Terry. I met Terry. He's cool. Fun guy. Yeah, I like yeah. him. Um, you know, this is just like his flagship product. Uh, fantastic strap. It feels like a seatbelt. Touch. Oh, yeah. There you go. And the hot hardware is nice and chunky. So um, I just think this is a, a great uh, weekend watch. So as soon as the work week was over and you kind of came in here, uh, and it was time for the weekend. I put this thing on. Oh, cool. To sort of separate myself from, from work from days, work. And weekdays, yeah. And I kind of wonder if uh, anyone else does the same thing, but we'll see. Um, I think I'm getting more and more into these. Um, I might start collecting more. Is that okay? Yeah. Because they come in orange and they come in yellow. You don't like those colors? Mm-mm. So I thought I had my, where's the Doxa? Oh, I don't like that watch. You don't like that watch? Is that the orange watch? That's the orange oh, watch. 
So you're not into orange watches? No. What about blue and green? At least not that shade of orange. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Blue is nice. Blue is nice. Blue is pretty popular. Yeah, and I like green too. Yeah. You like that green Rolex? Don't yeah, you? they're good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Nora's expensive taste later on. Uh, but she very much enjoys the uh, the Hulk Submariner, mm-hmm. which we like to make fun of on this show. Cause what? Kind Why? Of, I don't know. It's it's kind of like it's it's a limited. I don't want to say it's a limited watch. It's kind of uncertain if Rolex is going to discontinue that or not. There's a lot of talk that they will be. Oh. Uh, and so the prices have gone up a lot. Uh, they're difficult to get now. Mm. And uh, it turned. It turned into more of like a rich guy kind of thing. Like if you have it, it's just more of a look at me. I was able to get it. Oh, know? okay. I see. Or many times I was able to pay above retail to uh-huh. get it. So. Okay. Well, I just like the way it looks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you're wearing something kind of special, which is uncommon on this show, and it made a, it made a small appearance, I think, on the Instagram at some point. Probably when I first got it. I think a long time ago. If fe- at least it feels like a long time ago. It was like two years ago. And do you know? Do you know what that is? I told you. You told me right before. Okay, so what, it was, are, you, what uh, are you wearing? Uh, nineteen. Is it nineteen fifty-two? It. We don't know the year. Oh. It's just nineteen fifties. All right, nineteen fifties. Oyster Perpetual. That's it. Okay, <laughs> Rolex. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Uh, and it's on the strap that I bought it on. I don't know what kind of strap this is. It's just a. It's like an olive canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Olive canvas strap. Um. Yeah, and we bought it when when we first moved to Seattle, and I got my first official pharmacy job. It's a good good, good way to celebrate. Yeah. And and this is at the time, um, you know. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a lot to spend for for a watch, but I, I think it's it's like the only Rolex we could afford because <laughs> it's these are these are typically pretty um, the prices the prices are pretty low if you go old enough on these super dated Oyster Perpetuals, mm. but it's still a nice it's still a nice watch. The face is not original, so that cut the cost down considerably i think somebody painted the dial <laughs> i found out no. later so textbook it's not a uh, super collectible and it's not a pristine example but it keeps great time and it's enjoyable right yeah i love the way it looks um i love that it has i don't know like that old like antique uh look to it and it's also very simple. I mean, there's like no numbers on it. It's just got the the little dashes for the the numbers. Um, and I really like the green strap on it too. I think it goes really well with like the cream color of the dial. And I like the blue second hand. Yeah, I've never seen something like. I mean, I don't know much about the Oyster Perpetual lineup, but yeah, yeah the second hand on this is kind of like a needle. It's a needle seconds hand, but it looks almost heat blued. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't actually. I'm not sure if Rolex ever did that. Oh, it was probably put in afterwards. It might have been put in. I think. I. I think I've seen blue hands on some of these before, but I'm not an expert on these oyster perpetuals. Um. There's a. There's a way that people make hands sometimes where they mm-hmm. apply heat to it, and you have to do it for a very um, specific amount of time. And the hand will turn into this like kind of blue color. Mm, okay. So uh, I don't know if that's what that is. I don't know if Rolex ever did that. Like I said, I'm not an expert on these older Oyster Perpetuals. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about the sizing? I think it looks really good. Oh, the size is wonderful. Yeah, this is 34 millimeters. Yeah. yeah, I think it fits my wrist really nicely. And also, actually, the strap, I have to put it all the way at the last uh, cir- circle. Or whatever the hole <laughs> to get it to fit right, um, which I feel like a lot of watches, the ones that you have that I try on, um, the straps that they come with are always really loose. Um, even even the ones that have like the holes on them, even when I put them on the last hole, it's still loose. But this one fit just right. 
Um, I don't know if other women have a problem with this. My wrists are really small. So I really like actually these straps, the NATO straps, because I feel like, I don't know, you can adjust them more than other yeah. straps. It just they just more sporty looking though. I like this one here because it's a little dressier, the one that I have on my Rolex. Um, but I like these. I like the needle straps too because I just feel like it's easier to adjust to my wrists. Yeah. The um, you also have another little Seiko that you wear sometimes. She she wears an SNK, I believe, eight oh seven, whichever the black dial is. You used to wear it to work. Okay. Sometimes there's like a little Seiko. You probably don't remember. I don't remember. It's been a while. But you wore that on a NATO strap. Didn't I also have a Timex or something like that? With yes. With a black strap? Yeah. It's still there. You just don't wear oh, it. Oh, I just don't wear it. Okay. I think you don't like to wind watches. No. <laughs> I don't. So that's, that's that's why I don't wear them. That Timex was, was very short-lived for you because um, that one is purely like a, a manual. You have to like crank it up. This yeah. one, this, this one, one you don't. No. You can just as wear it. As long as you wear it. Yeah. You're okay. Same thing with the Seiko. Uh-huh. So, and that Seiko that you wore for some time. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that was on, um, that Seiko was also on a, one of Terry's straps. And I think he, um, he makes sure that they're pretty long to begin with. He sells longer sizes. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, you can see you have, like, a ton of adjustment on this one. Yeah, and I really appreciate that because it, it works for all wrist sizes, I think. Yeah. So do you have, do you find that you have uh, trouble, like when you try watches on, do you usually think they're too big or too small? Because I know that for a while, um, some women were into like massive Michael Kors watches, but I think, I feel like you hate it if you No, I don't see, like see something huge. big. Okay. Just because then it's like, it covers my entire wrist and then I don't know. And then I think I think though my biggest deal is the strap. I don't know. I, I always feel like the strap's just too big well, for a lot of watches. But then the dial, um, I don't know. I guess I, I I never got into those huge watches, like when everyone was wearing those huge huge Michael Kors. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really like those. Do you think people were, or do you think women were, um, getting those? more as like a status thing or because they genuinely like the style because um, i think i think michael kors is that like it's not that much of a status thing michael kors i feel like some people thought that oh maybe i don't know yeah maybe i don't think that <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, i think like hermes is more like a status thing yeah. Uh, or Chanel. They make some watches. Gucci. Like, those are, like, a little more... I mean, I guess Michael Kors is nice, too, but Michael Kors is, like, the Lexus. Michael like, Kors is the Lexus? Okay. <laughs> to, like... <laughs> okay. To, like, those higher, I guess, brand whatever cars. Okay. Um, no offense to anyone that likes Michael Kors. I mean, whatever. His stuff <laughs> is nice, I guess. I don't really buy any of these kind of brand products anymore just because of the lifestyle change that we made. Yeah. Um, I would, but I, I, I was into it at one point. So, yeah. um, I think you were more into Kate Spade. Yeah. Right? I really like Kate Spade. I really liked Louis Vuitton, which I mean, that's not really much of a status thing anyway, because there's like so many replicas out there yeah. and like fakes. I think more of the Louis Vuitton things that you see are fake in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Are fake. Yeah. I think it's something like nine out of 10 or something that you'll see. Yeah. Something crazy like that. They actually, Louis Vuitton has a very exclusive, um, watchmaking arm of their operation. Oh really? I've yeah. never seen their watches yeah. before. They can, they can make some pretty exotic movements and, um, highly limited time pieces, but they're kind of, I think they're kind of goofy. Yeah. We can we can pull one up eventually. Yeah. But anyway, back to your your question. I guess I guess people did buy it as a status thing, you know? Um Yeah, cuz it was it was like cuz they were like, they looked okay. I didn't think they were like amazing looking watches. It was just kind of a huge dial with like Big ass numbers on it. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see anything special about it. Look, really. Look at this Louis Vuitton watch. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look nice. This is, we pulled up one of the Louis Vuitton uh, time zone watches. 
This is the one with the crazy looking dial. It's got a ton of country flags on it and it has like a sort of a disc in the center with like the little arms that move around for the time. I actually, I don't even know how to read this watch, but some people really enjoy these. I just think there's too many colors. Yeah. But I mean, some people are into that and whatever. I mean, whatever your taste is, I just, I don't like that many colors in one spot. I think it's like unicorn barf. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think that's exactly what this looks like. It does. Oh, but I don't I don't I mean some people like that. Yeah. But it's just not my style. I like simpler uh looking watches, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So kind of so you like this this oyster perpetual you have. Yeah. Um I think we should probably look for a faux leather black band yeah. to get more out of it. Yeah. But you like okay. I wonder if you notice this. Do you notice that the strap it starts at a certain thickness up here. These are this. This is what we call the lugs. Okay, so mm -hmm. these are lugs, and then this trap gets thinner as it goes down, so it tapers. Have you ever noticed that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the reason you probably like this strap because you said you also don't like big straps. No. Yeah. So we got to find something that has that same tapering effect. Oh, okay. And I think a lot of watch manufacturers underestimate the effect of a nicely tapering strap or bracelet there are a lot of a lot of micro brands um i mean and not to knock on micro brands but um you know because it's an expensive it's an expensive investment to make you know oh. even even a bracelet for your brand so a lot of times you know you'll get a strap or a bracelet that's the same thickness all the way down yeah i i think yeah i think you're right i think if it was the same same thickness all the way down i wouldn't like it as much yeah you know, it's, look too bulky. You know what sucks about these? I think this is a 19 millimeter width. What does like, that mean? It's like, so this is the width from here to here. Yeah. Is 19 millimeters. Well, yeah, I understand that. But why does that suck? It's not a common size. <sighs> so. So it's going to be hard to find a bracelet. Or, gonna, <laughs> or a strap. Or much whatever. less one that's faux leather. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one isn't even really faux leather, too. Um, so I think it, the bottom... I think this list is probably real leather. Yeah, this is an mind. interesting strap for the listeners. Is so this canvas? is this is canvas on the outside, which is like almost a military olive green. I with love this color. Matching stitching. Yeah. On the edges, but on the underside, it's a beige leather. Yeah. So that's that's pretty common uh, to see straps like that. Oh really? Yeah. Canvas and leather mix. Yeah. Okay. Or even just like mixing materials, like something on the underside is different than hmm. what's on the, you know, sometimes. Is there any reason why they would do that instead of just making it full canvas? I think it's a comfort thing. Okay. Sometimes you'll even see leather ones that are like leather on the outside, but on the underside, it's rubber. So, oh. yeah, that's also pretty common. Okay. Yeah. We actually think we're going to do an episode on uh, straps eventually because... There's a lot to talk about and a lot of great manufacturers out there. Um, I know that even some some awesome listeners out there uh, make their own straps, which oh. is which is not easy to do. Wow, it's like a it's just like leather working. You know, oh, okay. People, people are like really, Tepe. Yes, from Thrice. Yeah, yeah. The dudes, one of the dudes from a band that we like called Thrice, he makes uh, his own leather products, and I think he does watch straps also. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, we got to take a look. But uh, shifting gears now, um, one of the things that I thought would be fun to talk about is uh, how your perception of watches changed after witnessing your husband's obsession and eventual downfall. <laughs> I don't think it's a downfall. Career downfall. No. Because <laughs> uh, I think I think we so we dated in high school. We dated in college. You've known me for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know if you did you notice the watch thing before we got married? No, no, not at all. You never seemed to be obsessed with watches, but 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 you've always had an obsession of some sort. Okay. So I <laughs> Okay. Like in high school and college it was gear. Yeah, just anything. You're like... a gearhead. Or like or like pedals for yeah. guitars. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Yeah. So, so you're, <laughs> you have like a personality that gets, I think, obsessed with like certain things. You do, you do have a, a master's in psychology. You can, you can say that I have a disorder. No, it's not a disorder. <laughs> <laughs> you just, yeah. So, I mean, I was used to you being obsessed with something mm. that I didn't really care too much about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it, it didn't. I mean, I guess like I felt like it came out of nowhere, the watch thing, but it made sense because you no longer became obsessed. You were no longer that into like gear and pedals. So like you had to put your obsession somewhere else. So I feel like it just fall, fell into watches. Mm. And, and then you told me that you always were into watches since you were younger. But I guess, I don't know, I guess your your focus um was taken off of watches and onto gear and then moved back to watches again when we were married. Um, and I mean, for me, a watch was just like a watch, like whatever. I never even wore watches before. Um, you got obsessed with them. <laughs> uh, I didn't, you know, I never saw a reason for wearing a watch. I was like, oh, I could just see the time on my phone. Um, but Ever since you got obsessed with watches, I guess now I wear watches more often and um, I think I can appreciate them a little better and I never really knew how like technical like watches were and how there was different movements and I don't know all the stuff that you talk about. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I find it kind of fascinating because I get to learn about something I've never really known about. So even though it's not something that I'm like, super interested in I'm uh when you talk to me about them and uh, like when we went to that like Seiko presentation um in New York yeah, um back back when it was um wind up I think wind up is probably either happening now or soon but we when we were at wind up last year last year uh we stopped by the Seiko boutique in New York City which I believe was the first boutique in the United States for Seiko. And a friend of the show, Joe Kirk, gave uh, an amazing presentation on the history of Spring Drive. And I think, I think although a lot of the listeners out there are very much into affordable, high-value watches, uh, a, lot of, a lot of us, we can't deny the appeal of a good Spring Drive watch. And I thought that was, I feel like that was the probably, and, and, to Joe's credit, that was a fantastic presentation on the history of Spring Drive. I actually personally didn't even know how, like the decades of research and development that went into that movement. But I feel like your eyes really lit up as soon as he was done. Yeah, well, I think it was the first time that I was like, because, okay, honestly, when you told me you were going to start a podcast about watches, and it was going to be like an hour and a half every week. And I was like, what the fuck are they talking about for an hour and a half every damn week? Like, how can you talk that much about watches? Like, what is there to say? Like, okay, it's a watch. It can tell time. But it's like, hey, it's a watch. It can tell it's time. time. Okay, yeah. it looks nice. All right, whatever. <laughs> but when I went to that, that, that presentation, I was just like, holy shit. There's like so much thought and like that goes into it and like it's so technical and like all the engineering and I don't know like I really like think I really found like a I, like a new, newfound appreciation for the complexity of watches I think that was the first time I was kind of like wow okay like it's not just a watch it can it, there's just like so much more to it than just that speaking of spring drive I'm going to show you I don't I don't know if I've shown you this watch so this is like the poster child for Seiko Spring Drive mm -hmm. right now, and one of their, um, one of their flagship models. And this is a watch that we talk about a lot on the show, and I think actually some listeners have it. This is the Grand Seiko. Oh, it's very pretty. Snowflake. What do you think about this? Oh, I think it's very pretty. So all of these dials are are hand finished, mm -hmm. and the idea is to get it to look like um, fresh snow that has just fallen. So, oh, the dial? Yeah. Oh, it does. Oh, look at this photo. It kind of makes it look like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really pretty. It does look like snow. <laughs> it does. Can I get this one? Well, how much is it? No, this one's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, no, really, how much is it? 
This one, I think now these sell because Grand Seiko recently became their own thing. So I think the price has changed. I think this is like almost six thousand. Oh my gosh, six thousand! Yeah, for a Seiko. Well, that's see, that's another thing that people kind of fall into is realizing the difference between this kind of Seiko and the Grand Seiko. Yeah, it's a completely okay. it's a completely different you know okay. segment of Seiko. And actually, believe it or not, these uh, Grand Seiko is being repositioned to have a stronger North American presence, mm. and they're starting to not only open up uh, boutiques like there's a boutique in Rodeo Drive now and. You know, with stuff like Gucci, Chanel, like all those oh. crazy boutiques. And actually down here in downtown Seattle, they're going to start carrying them in uh, the Benbridge Jewelers, which is like the mayors. You know, oh. the mayors back in Miami. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, this is a completely different segment. But okay. when, you, when you say spring drive, I think people talk about watches because, you know, the way that we do. I think because they just get so fascinated at you know this kind of detail and this kind of dedication mm -hmm. to not only the engineering of the movement but also these details like what you see in the dial mm -hmm. so like what i mean does it is it still kind of a little insane i think it's a little insane what the six thousand dollars no just just this hobby in general i mean i don't think it's insane I think people all have their own hobbies that they get into and um I don't know, I think I think it's pretty cool actually. Like I it's just, like I said, like I didn't know there was so much complexity to watches before. So I can understand why you'd really um be into it and kinda like how you can talk so much about them. <laughs> I think it's a little concerning. I wake up every day <laughs> and I feel like I should be locked up and like a place like where you work? <laughs> no, definitely not, honey. You're not as bad as the patients that I have. Just for a little background, my wife works at in the forensics floor of a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. Specifically for the criminally insane. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I should be in there. No. <laughs> you definitely do not need to be in there. I, th I think sometimes I take the watch thing too far. I don't know. I think, I think when I'm, oh, you you would be taking it too far if like if you like spent all your money on watches and we were like scrambling like to pay the bills and to like get food on the table. Then it would be like, okay, you have you have a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're very um, responsible when it comes to your watch purchases. We can eat the watches too. No, <laughs> especially the leather. You can boil leather. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's actually that's so bad for you. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah, some people try to do it's that. Like toxic. You'll die from it. From the dyes. <laughs> exactly. So then, okay. You, so you have a different um, perception of watches and watch collecting now. Mm -hmm. um, did you kind of? Um, were you kind of surprised at the pricing of some of these things? Because yeah. I was talking to, um, there are a lot of cool listeners uh, in the West Seattle area as well, in Seattle in general, and um, we were chatting, or I was chatting with uh, Patrick. He's a mm -hmm. friend of the show, and he says that, you know, I think a lot of people are surprised at the price of a Rolex in general because they hear, like, Rolex in their head, you know, their entire lives. You know, this is something that people aspire to own. Um, but I don't know if people ever get into the pricing. Were you surprised at how much some of these things would cost? Not only not only Rolex, um, but even... I wasn't surprised at the cost of Rolex. Okay. I mean, that sounds like, oh, okay. I mean, it's a Rolex. Uh, right. What is it? Like, how much a Rolex is? Like 10000 I think I think Average? The, I think the entry level... Oyster Perpetual, which is like actually what, I have. what you have here. They make a modern version, and it's their entry level. And I want to say it's something like fifty-five or fifty-six hundred. Let's okay. take a look. And actually, they're pretty cool because they come in uh, a lot of different dog colors. There's one that's like plum. There's one that's pink. One that's blue. 
See, this is like... I like the pink ones. <laughs> <laughs> See, and they come... It, with these, they come in a bunch of different sizes. So this is 26 millimeters. So like even smaller. If you wanted to wear something more jewelry-like. But yeah, anyways, these things are like... I don't know if I would like anything smaller than this, to be honest. I think that would look too small. See, this is 5,000. Yeah, okay. See, I think that's reasonable for a Rolex. I feel like when I started getting into watches hardcore, I was surprised at really? the cost of Rolexes. I, I don't, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm actually surprised it's only 5000 Huh. <laughs> I thought, I thought that, see, when I was getting into watches and I didn't know anything, I was like, oh yeah, Rolex is like $500. What? No way. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Maybe like 50 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Those, um, those no, nice. so I wasn't surprised at Rolex um, prices. What I was surprised was some of those, I don't know, watches that you were, I don't know, I guess like reviewing for uh, a watch? block to watch. Yeah. And they'd be like, I don't know, like $50,000 or a hundred <laughs> something. Th I'm like, what the hell? It's like a car or like a house. Yeah. How could a, how, that's why I don't, I don't understand. Like, how can a watch be, as, like, as expensive as almost a house or a car? Yeah. You know, that's that's what surprised me. I, like, I didn't think watches could get that expensive, honestly. Like, I thought, like, thousands, like, you know, like, 10,000, 15. But, but when you, when you sh like, I, I remember and every few, every few, like, weeks or something, you'd be like, oh, look at this watch. And then... <laughs> It'd be like the ugliest watch I've ever seen in my life. It's like, yeah, it's like fifty thousand dollars. Like, what the fuck? Who buys a fifty thousand dollar watch that looks that gross? I don't know. Like, I didn't. There was one specific one that I like really did not like. <laughs> I was like, I what? Wanna, I want to show you the Richard Mille. Uh, this is a watch we make fun of a lot on the show. Um, let's see. This thing is. Uh, it looks like it's just a little over seven hundred thousand dollars. So we talk about this brand. Oh a my lot on gosh! The show. <laughs> we have we have a few um, a few episodes uh -huh. on the podcast called Guilty Pleasure Watches, and I believe I believe this one made it onto one of the episodes. So you like this watch? I don't know if it was me. This this might I I maybe maybe Kaz liked this one, but this one is about seven seven hundred thousand dollars. This is the Richard Mille RM69 Erotic Turbion. Mm. So what this is, this has a turbion here, and that's like a super fancy schmancy complication. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you... I don't even know. <laughs> but the, the takeaway here is that the mechanical complexity that went into creating this, and I guess what is mostly behind the price. I don't yeah. Know. So you can push these buttons here. And these three little windows will spin around and they'll create these kind of like erotic uh, messages messages like by yeah. random by random. Yeah. So it's like caress kiss. But I think I think some of the words get dirtier, too. OK. There might be a fuck in there. OK. Yeah. yeah right now, this picture says, let me kiss you tonight. You let me kiss you tonight. Yeah. So. I want to caress you madly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it looks that great. <laughs> like, I think it's, I don't know, whatever. I wouldn't buy it ever. Even if I had the money to, I don't like the way it looks. I think it's too bulky and like, I don't know. It looks more like a, I guess it looks more like a guy's watch. I'm sorry, ladies out there, if you like this watch, but I, I just don't, I think it looks too masculine. Mm. Um, and it just looks like super bulky, and then I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the shape of the dial. If is there even a dial or whatever the shape of this? It's a, it's like a, like a the face or yeah. whatever you call it. I don't know. I, I just don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, we'll we'll get we'll get back into this. So, what after after seeing um how crazy people can get with this hobby. Uh, I just don't understand. Why is it $700,000? I don't understand that. I, st I don't get that. I still don't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. It's it's just... Is it just because of the movement? Is it because of the... A big part of it is the brand. The brand? Okay. Yeah. yeah. This All is, right. Yeah. It's still a lot of money for a watch. <laughs> I mean... That yeah. is the only billionaires can buy something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So, after, after learning about how... Um, 
particular people can get with this hobby. What do you find now that you um, yourself like in watches? So you have you have this watch that you got for yourself. I would say that you still don't really wear watches that much. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think you like more now? If you like anything more now, and what what would you look for um, in sort of like an affordable range? And what kind of features would you prefer? Do you like watches that are all steel? You know, do you like leather bands specifically? Yeah, I I don't like all steel watches. I don't like the steel bracelets. Um, I, I I prefer the look of the leather. I think it looks just more. I I like classy right. and simple, um, and kind of more more like, I guess like older looking watches or like. Yeah, so so I I, I like uh, more like the the leather straps. I like the dial to be clean, um, simple. Um, I mean, even though like I don't like too many things on the dial, like that that Louis Vuitton one with all the colors and everything. Like I don't know, I didn't like that. It was just like too many too much things, too many things going on. So I, I like it to be like simple, clean, chic, um, very classy. Maybe even. Um, like timeless where it's not like um something that's in style now and it's going to go out of style later like something that i can wear for years and years and years and it'll still look great Hmm. yeah do you so um you know that's that's interesting because i actually don't think a lot of um a lot of the smaller micro brands out there are very much concerned with making super sporty watches a lot of times i don't like like, sporty watches so you like like i like the dressy ones classy and yeah okay yeah i don't like sporty watches yeah it's it's kind of so like besides besides i think uh you know seiko also also a lot of russian watches you can get that are smaller and uh classy i actually i wonder if you would like so this is a watch that's very much a favorite of Kaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wore this on his wedding. Yeah. You know, and actually, here we go. If you if you uh, Google Raketa Big Zero, mm-hmm. uh, we're number one on Google here. So this is kind of old school, but it's kind of funky. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a nice looking watch. I wouldn't wear it. Okay. I don't like the numbers being so huge mm-hmm. and like in your face. Um, but that's like I think it looks a little cartoony. <laughs> no offense, Kaz. I mean, it's you know just my opinion. <laughs> right. Um, Here's another really popular one, um, at, at least among our listeners. Um, this is the Seiko Sarb. I like that one. Yeah. See, that one's clean. It's. I think it looks very classy, very simple. Um, I don't. I think like. You know, like ten years from now, it's still gonna look nice. Right. Um, yeah. So, and, you, so you want something that will last in terms of style, obviously last uh, in terms of build quality. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would agree. This is pretty. This is pretty versatile. And, yeah, it lo- I think it looks really nice, actually. And here's another one that I actually really like. If, Ooh, if I were gonna, I like that Orient. So that's the Orient Bambina. That's so pretty. Yeah. I see. I really like that too. That's the one your brother has. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good choice, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one your brother has. It looks great. Yeah. So. It's that's... very like it's very clean. It's very like simple, and it has like an old soul feeling. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about these? Now, now I'm just. What I'm doing now is I'm just running watches by you to see if you're okay with them so I can buy them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you do it, boys. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what do you think about this one here? Where is it? It's a good picture. That one's nice. I don't know what that is. That's really pretty. Oh, I like that a lot. This is the Nomos Club. Oh, I like it so... I See, okay, this one's not as classy because it's got like... Oh, look at that. It has like Roman and also what are those Arabic. called? Arabic. Yeah. 
Oh, and oh, that is so cool. I love how it's um it's you, know, you a lot of times you'll see the the 12, the 3, the 6 and the 9, mm -hmm. but here it's the 12, the 2, the 4, what is that? The 8 and the 10 that they have that is really creative. And then I I love the blue against the white and then that orange. Oh my gosh, that is that's a gorgeous watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's still simple. Even though it's not like I think it's a really nice mix of like modern and classy like old time. Yeah. Um and it's just it's simple and it has beautiful colors and I love that pop of orange. Oh my god, I really like that watch. Yeah. I, this is this is a watch that I hated when what? it came out. I didn't. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I didn't. What did like, you not like about it? I thought it was kind of this. So this is what people call a California dial when you mix okay. the um, the Arabic numerals. I've never seen that before. Yeah. So that's kind of what bothered me at first. Really, that's what I find so yeah. intriguing. Yeah, there's a um, a, a lot of people that listen to the show. A, a few of you guys, you have Nomos, and I think Nomos is a brand that you kind of you kind of have to be super geeky into watches to, to get into because they aren't these things aren't particularly cheap i think this one is like either 1600 or 1800 oh wow okay which is that's that's a lot of money to put into a watch when this like last seiko we were looking at is like yeah know, that this... this is like 350 you know yeah see this one looks more expensive the Seiko looks yeah, more expensive. Yeah, the Seiko looks more expensive just because of the style. Yeah. Yeah, but that this But that that one um it's so pretty. Yeah. I would, you know, I like I would save up and buy it. Yeah. And wear it with more casual outfits. Yeah, this this band here you see it's kind of like distressed. Yeah, it's like a rugged leather. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I but, love it. But some people dress them up like crazy. Some people you can put on like a a super dressy strap and uh No, see. I don't like it with a dressy strap. Yeah. Mm -mm. So you like a little more versatility, even if it's a classic looking piece. Well, I mean, I think it depends. Like some you have dressy watches that you wear with more dressy outfits. And then you have like this more casual looking watch that you can wear maybe. By the way, this one. Day to day. This is, so this is the Nomos Club Campus, but uh -huh. they also have it with pink accents. No, I don't see the pink there. Where's the pink? Let's see. Let me get a better shot. Let's see the pink yeah i think i like the orange accent more well this, you still get the orange here but the numerals are in nah, pink. i don't like that <laughs> so you like the numerals in blue i like the blue with the yeah with the orange combination i don't really like the way that pink looks yeah this is uh this is it's a cool brand to get into it's just there's more of a contrast with yeah. the blue and the orange um than the pink and the blue i don't know it just looks better to me. This is interesting because kind of another thing we were going to talk about today, and whether it's furniture, cars, clothes, guitars, anything, although you are aesthetically driven purely, you usually gravitate to what's super expensive right mm -hmm. away. If I show you two options of something, yeah, whether it's a zucchini or like <laughs> a watch, you know, at the store, um, you'll always you'll always pick the more expensive one. Yeah, for some I guess I just have expensive taste. I don't know. But you did find the Seiko to look higher class. Yeah. Even though it is the cheaper one. Yeah. Just now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it's not always. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times I bug you about, you know, spending spending money on watches and we come up with these um hypothetical situations mm -hmm. where we live in a world where i can buy uh a patek oh i like patek <laughs> so what do you like what do you like about the brand i love the moon phase that's it and well no not that's not it either um i think the like watches also look very very classy and I also like the fact that it's a good investment. Okay. So you like watches that are... A lot of times on this show, we advise against making um, watch purchases as investments. Mm. 
I personally think that it's one of the worst things you can do. Oh, okay. If, you know, with the exception of Rolex and Patek. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, personally, that's that's what that's what I feel. So, and and those are those are two brands we don't really talk about on the show um, a lot. But I would say that if you are in the position to, you know, buy one, put money into some kind of Patek. Um, you know, perpetual calendar chronograph. Mm-hmm. Those things are going to get discontinued at some point. And while you are spending house money, <laughs> it's going to... It's, it's going to appreciate. So it's okay. <laughs> probably, yes. I, I don't think we should go out and get one today. No, we're not in that position <laughs> yet. Um, yeah, I think the first thing that attracted me to the Patek was like... Just the whole like design, the simplicity of the design of the dial, and then the moon phase. Like I love the moon phase. I thought it was so pretty. It's funny we haven't had an episode on this, and um, we can start. You guys can let us know, but the moon phase is um, kind of a. It's a popular complication, specifically in in dress watches. It's an old world complication. It's kind of superfluous and not really useful today totally unnecessary like a mechanical watch um but people are really drawn to it and i think a lot of it has to do with that old world charm and aesthetic and the way some of the moon phase discs are many times like hand painted so you get a lot of different variations Mm. and these are micro artists like (laughs) painting a little these little faces on these discs so and it's funny um so we were looking at some and you're really or I'm drawn to this one. This is the 5146G mm. annual calendar. Yeah, I think it's pretty, but... It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's not that it's okay. No, it's a great watch, I'm sure. But, I mean, I've seen Pateks that I've liked more. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the other photo. I don't know, the one that you're you looking... like this, this Oh, my God. This one is... oh. This is like my dream watch right it? here. It is so beautiful. No, I've seen this before. When you showed me the first photo before we started recording, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that one looks nice. But it didn't seem like like the one that I saw in the past. I was like, yeah, that one's amazing. This is the one that I just like, my heart flutters. <laughs> so to give, to give all you listeners a little bit of background, we did a little exercise today. Um, you know, because I I joke about Patek so many times with my wife, and she ended up. I think she saw so much of it that she eventually started to like it as well. Um, <laughs> I showed her basically one watch that was an annual calendar with a moon phase, mm-hmm. and another watch that is a split seconds perpetual calendar chronograph mm-hmm. as the second one. Well, aesthetically, they are very similar. No, they're they're very different well they both have the moon phase which okay, you said yeah, was yeah. like your big thing right you were immediately drawn to this 52 yeah, the mu- yeah, yeah. so this is the 5204R the R stands for rose gold mm-hmm. you have a split second chronograph here I don't which, even know what that means so watchmakers <laughs> like to tout that that is one of the I guess hardest complications to engineer and work with what's the point of a split second so you like, know, why do I have two seconds? So you know how hands. Some of the watches I have have the. You ask me to time something in the kitchen. I just hit a button and it starts timing. Yeah. That so that's a chronograph. Okay. Okay. This thing can time two separate things with these with that chronograph. So a lot of times you you see them in watches that are associated with racing. You can time oh, okay. you, you can time the lap time for for one run and then you can time it time another one separately and then you can compare it's it's it it is actually pretty complex Mm -hmm. but what makes this one super expensive is that it's a perpetual calendar and so that accounts for the days the months the years and that includes the leap years oh wow whether it's a 30-day month or a 31-day month or a leap year this is a purely mechanical device that will account for all of that data Mm -hmm. without a microchip Without any kind of digital assistance. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how they, how would they do that. So that's why that's why you know this is aside from the fact that it's also in rose gold. Mm-hmm. 
This is a two hundred and eighty-three thousand. Holy cow! <laughs> oh it's actually pretty. It looks pretty thick. I actually, I, I don't know if you would like it if you wore it. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. This thing is fourteen point three millimeters thick. That's pretty. That's pretty thick. I don't know what that means. I would have to see it in person. But I, I mean, I don't know if they would let us. I don't know if they would let us. They probably would. We were trying to look at this. I think there's one place in Seattle that sells these things, and I think it's only it's appointment only. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is not I'll really. I get to wear it. This isn't I'll a try it on. <laughs> this, this isn't really a big big time Patek city. No. Well. <laughs> but, that's just that's that's insane. Yeah. See, that's crazy. I don't know, but I guess that seems crazy to me now because I'm not a billionaire. But if I was a billionaire, I'd be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I was, if I was a billionaire. I, I don't know. You wouldn't spend that much on a watch. <laughs> I, I think. I think as much as I like watches, I feel like I still have limits. I okay. Think, I think I need to. This is. This is bananas. No, this is where we're different. <laughs> <laughs> so, is so a lot of times I look at stuff like this and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's obviously nice, but that's absurd, you know. And I think, um, I think for people getting into the hobby, they can see stuff like this and unfortunately feel that they have to buy into this to feel like they bought into the hobby as well it can mm. a lot of times watch collecting can seem as if it's not very inclusive so people are super intimidated um because they feel like they have to spend a ton of money to to get something nice um and so i look at something like this okay so it's some kind of calendar it's some kind of chronograph and there are a couple of people that listen to the show that have a watch by a brand called Longine. Mm -hmm. And this watch has been out for a while. And it's also not super cheap. The used prices, they go down. But this is the Longine Master Collection uh, chronograph. And this thing is 40 millimeters. So it's pretty sporty, but it's nice. You got the moon phase. You have... An annual calendar well it's not an annual calendar. it's just like a you have the day you have the month um, but you have to set everything yourself it doesn't account for that stuff mm -hmm. you know and um, yeah I think I think you get a lot of the same sort of look so and this thing I think is like 2000 you don't like it as much no <laughs> What don't you like about this one? Well, I don't like that it cuts off the numbers. Oh, okay. And then the numbers are is that, just like... Is that the first thing you noticed, by the yeah, way? Yeah, that's the first thing I, I saw. I was like, oh, no. That really... That pisses off a lot of people. That really... Yeah, why would you do that? I never and really then, And then I think the numbers are too big. Numbers are too big? They're too big. Hmm. Or the face. Or whatever, dial, whatever you call it. I actually kind of like this watch. I I wouldn't. I mean, it looks okay. It, it's it's a nice watch. Okay. I just I wouldn't buy it. Okay. Yes, I wouldn't. I just it bothers me too much that the numbers are cut off. Yeah. <laughs> like just like I don't know, but it it does it looks nice, but you know, I wouldn't spend two thousand dollars. Two thousand two thousand is still a lot of money. Yeah. I'm gonna show you something else, and I'm curious to see if you would like it because I think it's a little. I think it's a little classier. Okay. And this is this is one that we talk about on the show a lot. And this is one that when we went to New York for wind up, uh -huh. I saw it. I almost bought this one, but it was it might have been a little bit more than I wanted to spend at the time. Okay. And this is the Orient Sun and Moon. So what do you think about this one? You have you have like Roman numerals here. They're not really cut off. Yeah, they are. A tiny bit, like on the five here. Ah, uh, the eight. I guess. Yeah, the look eight. at the ten and the eleven. Yeah. It's still not as bad. This, and I'll, I'll tell you that this is not traditionally a moon phase. This is just a day-night indicator. Oh, so okay. You get like the look. I think it would look nicer without the stuff in the middle. This stuff. Yeah. We got to put the disc somewhere. I don't know. It's 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 nice. It's okay. okay. I kind of like these. I think and I think I think if you wanted to get something classy looking and you really wanted some kind of disc with a sun and a moon on it, 
a celestial body. Wow, I don't like there's a screw. There's two screws there in the middle, too. What is that? Oh, yeah. I never noticed that. I don't like that. I never noticed that. I don't don't like the way the sun looks. The sun does look kind of creepy. It looks weird. Yeah. It's like cartoony. Someone 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 actually said that it looks like the... The sun has like black paint on its face. (laughs) (laughs) You can really tell in this specific photo. Yeah, it's just not. I wouldn't. I don't like this one either. Okay, so it's it's got to be the Patek for you, huh? Well, it doesn't have to be. But I mean, maybe if he keeps showing me other ones with moon phases or something similar. But so far, I like haven't. I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at a lot of them, so I don't know. So this is a goal for for, for the you? coming the coming week when okay. this episode publishes. Maybe some listeners can chime in and find an affordable, classy looking watch with some kind of moon phase complication for you. Okay, we, I like that challenge. And then we can <laughs> buy it. So, but yeah, I think you know. Thank you for sticking with me through this. <laughs> through thick and thin. Honey. Through thick and thin, because I think you know. I think I think some some of you wives out there have to put up with a lot with this hobby. You know, there's a lot of staring at the phone, scrolling through Instagram, looking at watches. Being, yeah. Being absent. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I I kind of like it cuz it's uh, I feel like this hobby has uh given you some friends. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I I know Kaz, you know. No, I'm Patrick. Patrick's, He's really cool. Patrick is I like cool. him. Yeah. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, there there is a very cool community behind this. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like starting a cool podcast and a cool website. I mean, I think it's amazing that you have all these listeners and you form this community too um, of like really cool uh, people that like the same interests that you do and. I don't know. So I'm st- I'm still okay. You're not yeah. you're not packing your bags yet. No, okay. never. I I fear that every day. By the way, I don't know why. <laughs> so, but this this was fun. I think um, we could probably do something like this again at some point. If uh, well, if the listeners liked it. If the listeners like it. If they didn't, then I'm sorry. I'm just gonna blame it. I'll just blame <laughs> it on you. My fault. <laughs> Nor we're losing a bunch of listeners. Uh, you can never do this again. Okay. You have to pack your bags. Oh, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of which, you also have a podcast of your own. Do you want to give it like a little quick plug? Because I think there are there are some awesome listeners out there that also do listen to your podcast. Yeah. So. So my podcast is called Food Proof, and since you know I'm a healthcare provider, um, I decided to come up with a podcast that kind of reviews the literature out there that talks about how our diet um, impacts our health and the environment and kind of stuff like that. So that's what we talk about. If you're interested in eating healthier and kind of finding out the reason like why you should be eating healthier and what does the data actually say, tune into my podcast and you'll uh, learn some things. Yeah. You're not regurgitating BuzzFeed lists you're actually cracking into journals that not everybody has access to and really um, digesting that data and presenting it into a, a friendlier way for yeah in most episodes yeah some episodes are more like fun episodes um, but I think from here on out the majority of my episodes uh, are gonna be focused on like yeah reviewing the literature and maybe interviewing um, individuals that are specialized in specific areas of nutrition and health and stuff like that and where can people go to get more info on that? Oh, uh, you can go to www.foodproof.org. Cool. So if you guys, um, you know, if you guys like the podcast, if we made you laugh, um, if you enjoy what we're doing for the watch community, um, you know, please uh, take some time to head over to patreon.com slash Uh You can see... A sort of detailed manifesto of ours on what we intend to do for the watch community uh, and what it means for us to do this podcast and run this website you know day after day 
um, you know, every little bit helps and uh, everything that comes in through the Patreon, um, we make sure it goes back to you guys because actually like the, around this time of the year is when we start paying for all the SoundCloud fees and all the hosting fees, um, you know, microphones and stuff like that will eventually be uploading. Uh, this is still the same laptop I had in college. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe we can upgrade that soon. Yeah, and it'd be nice to have a better mic too. Yeah. And so did this one. I mean, this one's okay, but... It's all right. But, you know, we have a great, a great number of supporters on Patreon, and we really appreciate the uh, the donations. Um, so check out patreon.com slash twobrokewatchknobs. Also, you can find uh, Patreon-specific uh, podcast episodes on the Patreon. They're totally free to access. You, They're not gated. You don't have to pay or anything to listen to them. It's just uh, some some more uh freeform content on there um and episodes where we talk about you know space watches that we'll never own mm. kaz gives a some some cool history on russian watches there's a story about my speedmaster on there so check that out and uh yeah i hope uh, everybody enjoyed the show i hope you enjoyed recording this uh, yeah it was fun thanks so we'll say we'll say bye uh my name is mike my name is nor you've been listening to two broke watch knobs Later.